0: I'm irritated. Uh... Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or how are you identify? You're listening to 40 and 20, the watch clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life. And other things we like
1: everett how are you really amazing just you wouldn't even believe it i might not actually <laughs> i'm fine uh i'm fine i'm excited <laughs> to be here i'm excited to crack a beer there,
0: That ra- there, unintentional
1: rhyme it, you well well done uh th-
0: there are six Different beers.
1: Totally in there. different beers. This is the this, this is a the, total variety pack. The you may also have grab this one. Bag. I haven't I haven't opened nature I, calls. I haven't, I haven't that's s- a pea joke. Well it will. That's a pea joke. Uh I'm gonna have a mango and and a mango and stash. I think it's just a mango stash. <laughs> that's an ampersand. No, it's a hop.
0: I think you're stupid. All right, you well you put the light on. It.
1: I think it's Mango and Stash. I think you like might be right. Tango and Cash. I think you might be right. It's a it, it's a play on one of the most underrated buddy movies of all time. Tango and Cash. Turner and Hooch. Also a underrated buddy movie, although a little different. A little different context there. Uh I'm doing well, Andrew. I have sleepy eyes tonight. Oh no. Uh but I
0: feel good. I noticed you've had sleepy weekend because there's still quite a lot of mulch
1: that you haven't addressed. Yeah. Last weekend was rough. It was supposed to be nice, and then it wasn't. It was not. It was not. Um, but yeah. No, good. good. Andrew, how are you?
0: I am good. I had a good weekend. I had a really productive weekend, and that's what I needed to have. Got a lot of yard work done. Mowed the back. Didn't mow the front yet. It's not... I need to do a couple things before I'm ready to mow up there, but yeah, good weekend. And just plugging away. Made a terrific, terrific dinner. So I took the idea of uh, like foil packet surf and turf, and I just foil packeted up a bunch of asparagus, corn on the cob, andouille sausage, rockfish, shrimp, with a shallot and garlic, lemon, kind of marinade on the fish. Foil-packeted it up, threw that in the oven, made some smashed potatoes, marinated some T-bones, and then sous-vide the T-bones. That sounds like a lot of food. It, yeah, it, it's going to be like dinner tonight and dinner tomorrow love it it's so good All I, of my favorite stuff I struggle with with second day steak I so I used to but now I super thin slice
1: it and make it into a sandwich. Okay. I do like horseradish or something but it's got that you gotta go super thin. I hate a thick cut steak sandwich. yeah it's miserable I hate that
0: no I I will take three times longer
1: to slice it super thin. Than it takes to eat it. I hate when you go to a restaurant and you order a steak sandwich, and the steak is like, like cubes, <laughs> yeah, or, or like long strips, like like five or six inch strips, and you you tr- you gotta like either like squeeze and tear, or no, like I, the whole
0: thing just <clears throat> comes out. No, I don't like that. I really want a deli slicer, and every time I think about getting a deli slicer, I'm always like, I don't have room for it. And a few months ago, I went to the just this disgusting residence um, <clears throat> filled with just... Are you talking about my house? No, I was at, I was working. Uh, I went to this just really... But still like, not not my house? Not your house, no. Uh, like, next to uninhabitable residence. And these motherfuckers had a deli slicer on top of their cupboards, and I was like, even they can find room for a deli slicer. You should look
1: for police reports from old restaurants. Uh, I should... <laughs> yeah, they all have
0: deli slicers, yeah. uh, but I really want to get one because that's really the answer.
1: Well, you you know about the Hobart slicer that I picked up at a Goodwill and then sold for four hundred dollars. right? Yes,
0: yeah. Because all you had to do was what well, you changed, like a thing.
1: Yeah, yep, that's right. I don't know why you didn't keep it. Well, we talked about keeping it, but it was it was They're huge. huge. They're enormous. It was huge. And it was for bigger the, than our microwave. And for the
0: two times a year that you use it, it's totally worth <laughs> it if you can store it. Like I have a. I have a seven and a half pound sausage stuffer, seven and a half pound capacity tube to stuff sausage. And I use it once a year. And the rest of the year, it's in its enormous box in the back of a closet.
1: And that's where the deli slicer that's would it, also be. That's where it would live. Well, in any event, these folks didn't tune in for deli slicers. Yeah, they
0: do. That's why they're
1: bit. here. Maybe a little bit. Because
0: the state of Oregon needs uh, I don't know about Portland. I can't speak to Portland. I know they have Zooks and a couple other good delis, but we need a, like a good Jewish deli mm. in Eugene. We don't have like a brisket and pastrami
1: a, place. A, have I ever talked about this on the show? I lived in Springfield, Massachusetts for a summer and there was a place called Gus and Paul's. Mm. And it was the they had the best the best pastrami bagel God, oh my gosh that's it what was we need. We it need was that just life-changing we need that here we do have falling sky which has wonderful wonderful brisket and um they've got like a a pork belly brisket it's that's a good place that's not, and good pastrami that's
0: not brisket it's pork belly.
1: They've got a uh, uh oh, excuse me, pork belly pastrami. Okay, or or it, and a beef belly. They've got a pork belly and a beef belly pastrami. Okay, I can it's, get down with that. It's phenomenal. It, it's it's pretty good. You, you might want to check that like out. We need like a
0: we need a deli the counter. Deli, yeah, walk to the counter, order your sandwich, walk out with a with a pound of beef
1: between two slices of rye. It, it's Eugene. I don't know what to tell you. You get kale and kale and uh, we have we have
0: <laughs> a vegan soul food restaurant and we don't have a Jewish deli. Yeah, yeah. What's the uh, problem with this place? Well, a
1: vegan soul food restaurant is actually pretty good too. Uh, I will not ever eat there, but it, it's definitely. Uh, I think it's a rough market for that kind of thing. I think we could do
0: we could do things selling good brisket and. Pastrami sandwiches. I was thinking, I like, think of Cats. Cats is not a complex place. It's just magical because everything they do is perfect. We could make that happen here. I wonder if they'd sell a franchise.
1: In any event, I don't think they'd sell you a franchise if they were going to sell <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not. All right. In any event, we're talking about watches today. We're doing another roundup because for the second week in a row, we hit the we we, we hit the Internet and we thought, man, there's enough really cool stuff here happening that we'd like to and some talk stuff left over from last about week about that. We'd like to talk about that. Um, And, and so uh, without further ado, I'm going to talk about something that maybe is a little bit unexpected uh, and Maybe there's not a good place for this in in watches right now. I don't know, but I thought this was exciting. So I have uh, completed, I think at this point, 12 marathons and or ultra marathons. Uh, Although I have not been running as of late since I destroyed my meniscus and had a huge chunk of that removed. Um, I am considering getting back into it. I don't know about distances, but you got to be careful. Uh, but I, I ran a lot back in the day. <clears throat> and my very favorite watch to run with was a Timex Ironman with a Flicks function. I don't know why, but sometime around 2010, Timex discontinued this technology they had been putting in Iron Man watches called Flicks. The way Flicks worked um, was Works. the way Flicks worked was you would merely flick your wrist and the Indiglo would come on so you'd put it into Flicks mode. You'd flick your wrist on a run and the Indiglo would come on. So you didn't have to find a button. You didn't have to do anything. You didn't cross your
0: arms. You just stay in motion.
1: Running, flick your wrist, Indiglo comes on. It gives you either the time or your elapsed time or whatever it is that you wanted to see. They discontinued that. And I thought, gosh, that's a bummer. I don't know why. There may have been a demand reason or maybe the technology was expensive or maybe it broke. Who who knows? Um, But Huckberry did a collaboration with timex to reintroduce the original flix watch this is not a watch i ever owned so this was released in 1999 and huckberry hooked up with timex and they actually went and found the original mold for this watch and they released it this last week now i have read a lot about this watch because i think it's fascinating and it's it's a gorgeous watch this is the classic sort of Bill Clinton uh Iron Man, the, the, the one that you'd know with that, you know, looks like a, a walkman or whatever, right? It, it's just it Screams 90s. Uh this watch is iconic and beautiful. And this particular watch, I think, is pretty special. Oh uh Huckberry hooked up with Timex and they and I think they did it right. So the only Major change on this watch versus the OG is they increased the lap memory from 30 laps to 100 laps. What I think is interesting is having read, I think, every article that's been written about this watch, nobody, including Huckberry in their video, is talking about the flex functionality. So I don't know. Though it's the most interesting (laughs) part of the of the re-release so Blake Bettner I love that guy at Warner Run, he did a write-up on it and I'm not even convinced that Blake understands that there is this technology because he talks about actuating the button to get the flicks to, or to get the indigo to, to turn on so whether Blake knows that that technology exists or not is unclear it's unclear to me um but nobody's talking about, does this work the same? There was one mention in one article where if you put it in night, what they're now calling night mode, uh, which I assume is the same thing, and lift your wrist up, maybe like a like a Apple Watch or something that works, but it doesn't clarify that it's got that same... It needs the snap. I don't know. I, I don't know. So it, it may work the same. It may not. But this is a phenomenal watch. I think hodinky is a pretty neat company obviously we love timex it's 109 bucks and huckberry
0: does some really interesting stuff yeah i think most of what huckberry i can pass on they do really cool like bulk purchases of things though they they're kind of a sleeper hit for people like us yeah who want cool kind of off the beaten path watches yeah. I don't know what other collaborations they've done, but this is a cool one. And this is kind of on brand, which makes sense, right? Some cool retro technology collaboration.
1: This is dope. I, I'm into it, man. I, I think it's pretty fun. And uh they're available still. So this came out a few days ago. They're still available. Uh 109 bucks. It is that's like kind of in the zone for what they cost.
0: There, it's north of it right they were probably like 50 bucks that flicks technology is this the first did you just buy it on air i did yeah this is a first we have an on-air
1: purchase i
0: just bought it because of america and stuff
1: new watch alert <laughs> live
0: <laughs> this is that is a first yeah Way to go.
1: I'm proud of you. Yay. We've talked about doing that and then just not done it. And then not done it. We I just put it in my cart. Yeah. Uh, this this just, is. I just. I'm looking. Thank at, you. Thank you for your order. Here's your order number. <laughs> 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 when you showed me that, I was like, did you?
0: Oh, you just bought it. Just <laughs> bought just, it. it. just happened. Just
1: bought it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a neat watch. I put my money where my mouth is. I like it. That's what I wanted to talk about. Andrew putting his mouth where our balls are uh, something we teased two weeks ago
0: something cool happened this this last week i don't know what day it is actually it's tuesday and i know what day of the week it is i don't know what number of the month it is it doesn't matter um monta's doing a cool thing yeah they, uh, you know, we teased it a little bit that 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 our uh, that our friends had something to look forward to. The Montenoble with a mint makeover in the way of a mint release, and we had some off-air discussions, so I won't delve too deeply into it about the nuances between green and blue. And they're important when you're both naming and putting to market a dial color. And I love this dial color. I think the iterations that I've seen, I've not seen this hue done poorly, I don't think.
1: I really like it on the Noble. Yeah, that that's that clean, sterile uh rihat is yes, I think pulls the
0: whole thing together. This is mint chocolate ice cream in a cup. Not a cone, not a waffle cone. This is in a clean white cup. <laughs> and I dig it. Oh my gosh. This is kinda I think a little bit out of the realm of what I expect from Monta. Um, they do a lot of iterative releases. They do some color releases. This isn't something I was expecting from them, and, and I'm really pleased that they did it.
1: Well, you know, uh, so Monta released Monta um, released the pink and blue nobles mm-hmm. a while back. So this, I don't, I don't actually think this is as far out of left field as. As you're suggesting, um, but it, it's I think a fun addition. Uh, it, it really is. It, it's very similar to the light blue, kind of a sky blue, uh, and their pink releases that they released last year. But it's green. It. <laughs> it you, as always, you ma- you're making the keen observations. But it's green. <laughs> I I I really like this colorway. This is
0: if, if I was gonna go for a pastel colorway. Uh this is this is it. And it's uh, maybe not pastel. If I was going to go Easter colors, I think that's what I'll call the
1: entire suite of last year's color releases just Easter. Yeah. But and this is distinctly pastel too, you know, versus uh you, you know Astra and Banks or or whatever yes. which are a, a little bit more saturated. This is this is definitely pastel, which I think goes with the overall tone of the noble where the noble falls in Montes lineup yeah and, and 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 frankly i like it i like it more than that sort of gem tone they've got that gem tone blue um thing uh ombre dial that they have Ooh, yeah that they have the noble in i i think that this is a much better
0: fit and, and interesting uh, you see a lot of these pastel dials with white logos they kept everything black all yeah. the print on it black which i which creates a really good contrast to it making it even more mint
1: chocolate chip ice cream the 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 print the the pad print is black but the but the markers are steel which i believe mm-hmm. on the light blue noble the the metal was pvd mm I I think, I think that's correct. I I don't remember exactly, but But a new release, new release
0: in, in, you know, in their, uh, generation of momentum for this year.
1: You know, uh, I, I have to correct myself. I'm looking at it here and I think the photo I'm looking at the, um, it looks like stainless just with, with not a lot of light play. So correction, revision. Stainless markers. And hot
0: take, uh, there is one out there with PVD-coated markers. Good hunting. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: don't know that that's true. There
0: might be. We can't say with certainty.
1: (laughs) Uh, So, just uh, a few days ago, uh, yesterday, Formex... Released is like you don't know what day it is. Uh, Formex released a new collaboration watch. Uh, the Formex Reef—they're calling this Radiant Bronze. It's a dive watch. It's a Reef dive watch, and mm-hmm. it's nothing, um, uh, uh, objectively or or in terms of specs, this is a Formex Reef, but they have hooked up with collective the retailer collective to do a collaboration and the notable the notable aspects of this is a bronze dial bronze is kind of a thing um but you don't often see actual real bronze metal dials which formex has done for this um <clears throat> it's got a color match date wheel uh, this is uh, again. There's there's not a lot of you know much like the the noble in green. There's not a lot here that's going to change the way we think about watches. But if you're into the Formex Reef, I know our friend Mike Razak has one, loves it. Um, Formex for my for my money, I think Formex is doing more innovative, high-tech shit than anybody in the sub, you know, $2,500 space. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, we, we often talk about... They're very much a proving ground. I, I think that's right. We oftentimes talk about Formex and Monta as really pushing the small brand envelope and, and doing it really differently, right? Almost taking diametrically yeah. opposed <laughs> approaches... Uh, but in terms of bang for your buck at that two thousand ish dollar mark, those are that's where I would put my money all day. One of those two brands,
0: yeah. Monta is very much how much technology can I use to make this better, and Formex is how much technology can I put into this. That's right. I, I think that's a great way to say it,
1: Andrew. Um, so this is fun. In in Collective, I don't know much about Collective uh, or Collective Horology. Uh, it, it's sort of. A a hypey, it's cost, aficionado watch brand retailer. Um, Yeah, this is cool. You know, they've worked so, so for instance, I'm looking at a list here. Uh, They've worked with in the past Armin Strom, IWC, Urwork, Zapek. So they, (laughs) they are working with hitters and, and this is a fun, this is a fun matchup for them. I, I really, really like
0: the Reef. Uh, it's it's not my jam for, for a dive watch, like a watch that I would buy. But this thing is dope. The beveling on the date window almost looks like it it, it razors down yeah. and touches it. You can't see air between your window and your date wheel. The font is terrific. The handset's terrific. Th- yes, and the beveling on the handset is gorgeous. The markers, yeah. Uh, Interesting, too. The You, you get a, from, from your 11 to 3, you have a different marker color as part of your timer. Is that right? That's certainly what it looks like. Mm. Those look PVD'd to me.
1: I don't think so. I think this is the same as my noble take. There's I, just no way those are not different. Mm, the way that light is catching—that
0: looks fully different. Yeah.
1: What it's, on earth? It's just light.
0: Gosh, the way that's, it
1: plays with the I, light is phenomenal. That is twice in one episode. the The
0: way it plays with the light is amazing. So that's not something
1: I've ever seen. We do know some things about watches. But sometimes we sometimes we, we go with our guts. Sometimes it's,
0: we look at a picture of something and are just, I believe it. <laughs> Have you ever seen a liger? Because in this photograph, this doesn't look like a light play. Yeah, no, I, I saw the photo you're talking about. Yeah, I think that's just light play. It has to be because then I look at other photographs and I'm like, oh, well, actually, you might be an asshole. <laughs> no, fuck you, dude. This is different.
1: Can, <laughs> can i talk no.
0: about oh it is what it,
1: it, yeah it's just these.
0: this this is just a gorgeous watch uh
1: there'll be a link in the show notes i think we this were on like the, the blue dress blue and uh blue and gold or, or black and gold so if you look at thomas van straten's review on fratello you'll see the photo we were looking at uh and you can judge us if you'd like and maybe you'll see blue and white or maybe you'll see black and gold who knows that's right that's right. So about what? About 50% of the way down the review, you'll see the picture. It's the
0: first talking. macro dial photo. Yeah. Second.
1: <laughs> Second. So we we missed a watch. We missed a watch that came out first part of March. And, uh, you know, we do that from time to time. We don't talk about every watch. And this is kind of an experience. Expensive watch and and sometimes we expensive watches we just you know we just miss them um I, it's not expensive in the grand scheme of things but our friends mr and mrs seiko announced a brand new release to their small operation they released a dive gmt in their prospects line so reference numbers are SPV 381, 383, and 385 in typical Seiko fashion. What this is is sort of a cocktail time-ish periwinkle blue dial with a black bezel. We're going to call it the Icy. The Icy. The Icy. I think they probably actually have a color for this. Um, they've got a black dial with black bezel and a green dial green bezel. Although I'm going to throw this out there. I think that the green dial green bezel, there's a bit of a hue, uh, Delta, which, uh,
0: okay. Whatever. <laughs> that could be light play.
1: I I don't think it is. I think okay. that the dial on this watch is more blue than the bezel, uh, having having looked at a few of these, but
0: I haven't seen it in person. Though.
1: This is a Marine Master ish, two hundred meter, three day automatic, GMT dive watch, with big chunky Marine Master hands, a very Seiko dial, a fantastic looking bezel. Um is this I can't think of any other
0: Seiko's that include a power reserve line of text automatic 3
1: days. Yeah, th- I, that's that's not something I think I've seen before. I I, I mean I'm sure that there's I am, I'm sure that there's watches and and you guys will tell us but yeah, I think this, this is, is fantastic. To me. I think, oh, oh light blue. That's what they're calling that.
0: It, it looks like
1: the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a 6R54 movement, perhaps uh, unsurprisingly. Uh, it's a collar style GMT with a 72-hour power reserve, which is phenomenal. Uh, tw- 21,600, so not quote-unquote high beat, um, but it's it's in that sort of mini Marine Master case. So 42 mm-hmm. millimeters, just under 13 thick, which is, I think is a great number. Uh, 48 and a half lug to lug, a great number. Um, it, you, it, you know, and unlike a Marine Master, this is not a monocoque case. This is a regular screw off the case back, multi cock deal. Multi cock. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's it's got everything you want. Sapphire, blah, blah, blah. So the details, 1500 for the green and the black, which are non-limited. The the light blue is limited. Um, I don't believe that these are going to be available online, uh, but they will be at retail locations. So you need to find a, a Seiko AD in June, July. Did I say seventeen uh, hundred? So four thousand of the light blue, and then and then non limited quantities of the green and black.
0: The the light blue is certainly the most interesting to me. There's a photo of it on a really lovely woven, kind of black, gray and white nylon strap. It has a blue GMT hand, but a really really navy blue and a stoplight second
1: yeah which one are you looking at
0: oh oh yeah it is a navy it is a navy blue yeah that's fantastic but with in in lieu of a red stoplight it has a light blue blue. stoplight it's gorgeous this is very grand seiko-y texture on the dial colorways i mean certainly not grand seiko taking those
1: same uh cues from their cousin yeah that's right well and, and this is prospects this is very much a prospects feeling watch but yeah 100 percent. yeah the um, black looks like just a, a baller that's fucking, baller I, I honestly just a beater i'm thinking i might need this watch I am Do not it. going to order a live on the show. Do it right now. <laughs> because we can't order you know, it. yeah. Um, but I think, you know, people are going to have complaints about this watch. The We've got a 430 date window that's squeezed in between the dot, dot markers. People are going to hate that. Oh, it's yeah, it's it's too small. It, it's little. Um, we've got some interesting markers on the rehab. I think uh, the GMT numbers are printed on the rehot. I'm not sure everybody's going to love that. Um, no, the end link looks weird in these photographs. We, we've got a funny um, end link, a big sort of male end link. I think that, doesn't, that, that doesn't contour to the
0: case. You can see a pretty big delta between the, the lug shape and the end link
1: shape. As is so often the case for Seiko, we've got a distinct, at least in these photos, a distinct difference between the brushing on the top of the case and on the bracelet. So this is not a perfect watch. This is a very much a under $2,000 Seiko watch, uh, which is to say it's probably going to be phenomenal, but it's not a perfect watch. No, it's Uh, mass produced. Yeah, that's right. But it's a terrific watch, and I think if this is your thing, your kind of thing, this is this is worth a look. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's all I have to say about it, Andrew. You you might have more to say about it, but um, thin,
0: great movement.
1: <laughs> um, I, mean, I could have anyway.
0: gone with a twenty four hour bezel in lieu of a twenty four hour. Um. Rehot. Yeah. Chapter ring, whatever you want to call that. That's the word I was looking for. A chapter yeah. ring. But, but I think, but uh, I see the reason for it, right? We yeah. have that dual purpose, right? We have, we still have a dive bezel with a chapter ring that
1: serves as your 24. And this resume. is very much supposed to be a dive watch first. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, so that while you're underwater, you know what time it is. in <laughs> Greenwich. Andrew, what do you got?
1: Ooh, I
0: saw an interesting article today. Uh, and I, I scrolled by it a couple times before I finally looked at it. And and the article itself is kind of whatever, but the, what what I felt like talking about was kind of was what it means. So the article is a CNN front page of the website article. Why this surreal dripping watch has become a cult celebrity favorite?
1: And I don't think they mean. I don't don't think think they mean
0: drip like. Yeah. Well, so the first time I scrolled it, I was like, I don't. Why would they use the word drip? Mm -hmm. Like their CNN is not cool enough to use drip. (laughs) And I scrolled it again. It had like Jay Z was the was the tile photo for it, and I was like, "I mean, Jay Z's got drip, but I don't think CNN has drip, so I don't think you can do that." I, I don't think CNN knows Jay Z has drip. And then I clicked it finally, and and the first photograph is the crash,
1: mm. and mm. I was
0: like, "Oh, now you have my attention, because I love the crash." I I never expected myself to to be like infatuated with Cartier. In fact, I'm a little disgusted that I am. I don't even like that I don't use the R, the second R in Cartier, (laughs) Uh, but I don't. (laughs) Um, And this is the first time that I remember a major media source having an article entirely uh, on the main page, entirely dedicated to a watch. There's been like, Oh, these are the watches that, you know, people are seeking after like, why is the watch market blowing up? But this article was entirely about the crash. And the crash, for those of you who are somehow unaware, is the very, um, distorted, disgusting, uh, the, why is the artist's name eluding me? Uh, Edvard Munch? No. Oh. Uh, the guy who made all the kind of creepy, melty paintings. Oh, the, the uh, clocks, the melting clocks. Yeah, the melting clocks. Uh, <laughs> As I get older, man, I just can't remember shit. Salvador Dolly, yeah. Dali. All the Dolly like melting clocks
1: and the the folklore and, associates. And, Andrew, did you ever eat at the Southwest Portland restaurant called Salvador Molly's? I was, sure did. I had the I had the the uh fritters. The jalapeno fritters. No, or the habanero the fritters. fritters, yeah. 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 They yeah. they weren't shit. Um they were hot, but they weren't like They weren't what they were making. But it was fresh habaneros. And so anyway, it was fantastic. It was a fantastic restaurant in Portland.
0: It's not there anymore. It was an interesting fusion restaurant. It had no identity and it couldn't survive.
1: Yeah. It it was (laughs) fantastic food though.
0: So the crash, the the folklore around it is some fella gets in a car crash. The heat from said crash melts and warps his watch. Mm -hmm. He brings it into Cartier and says, hey, can you fix this? and they're like no but your traumatic experience is so inspiring that we're going to design a watch around this i'm sure there's probably some truth somewhere in the middle yeah, um but I, the whole idea of this I'm article i'm sure that
1: story is just complete yeah, there
0: like there's got to be something there but just not nearly the weight that it's been given
1: well well and and the article you sent us has um has a, a, a quote from Jean-Jacques uh, Cartier's granddaughter, Francesca cartier uh, who says she wrote a 2019 book called The Cartiers and said that that didn't happen. They, It was just Jean-Jacques Cartier and and his designer, Rupert Emerson, decided to make a Cartier maxi oval in a, obscure dolly ish dolly esque but
0: format the interesting thing to me is that this thing that we do and are interested in and obsess over is becoming mainstream enough to warrant a staff writer's attention at CNN, that was kind of my takeaway. I was like, oh, boy, that sucks. Everything's <laughs> going to get so much more expensive because the crash is not cheap. It, yeah. Well, no, you can't find them. No, but it's gorgeous. Yeah. And I love it. And I want one. I I, I would even settle with just being able to try one on. Sure but I want it. And I'm I'm pretty confident that if I got to try one on, I'm faster than anyone around me. <laughs> that being said, I just, I thought it was really interesting that it, it made the main page right in it, it, CNN's main page today. Wasn't lacking for the things. <laughs> there was nine tiles associated with one thing, but yeah, it just, it, it intrigued me. And I got to look at the crash and wonder on the people who were buying it so that I can't (laughs) freaking Chris Jenner's wearing one. Jay-Z. I I want one. He's got a good bow tie too.
1: Yeah. I, I think the crash is sort of an understated flex. It's the most flex. It's it's not it
0: is true lat syndrome. It's not imaginary lat syndrome. It's just there. You can hold your arms comfortably at your side, and they still protrude.
1: Sure. I think that's a fun article. Uh, it, yeah, kind of, kind of interesting. Um, I'm where always, I
0: found it was what was most interesting I, to me.
1: I'm always a little squeamish about. Uh, I'm always a little squeamish about talking about other people's sort of op-ed content on the show, just because it feels a little bit. Um, but it made the front page. And that's what that's yeah. what was intriguing to me, right?
0: I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Richard Meal makes a front page. Right. If Richard Meal and Roger Federer are on the front page of CNN on, the, on like the top half of the online edition, okay, I, I can get with that. That makes sense to me. This was surprising. Seeing Jay-Z in a crash was
1: unexpected. I got a thing I'd like to talk about. I would like it if you would do that. There's a company that we've talked about a handful of times on this show called Boulder. Oh, yeah. Boulder is, is familiar with, but not has an interesting relationship with vowels. Uh, but also they make some pretty fantastic. There's only one that they like. (laughs) Some pretty fantastic watches. We've talked about the Boulder venture being really one of the most accessible and interesting tool watches that you Mm -hmm. can get for a truly affordable price. Um, yeah, they're a fun company and they're making fantastic watches. And they're so, doing it for a great price. And and yeah, very affordable. So Boulder has done a collaboration. I don't know if this is a collaboration. It must be though, right? So four There's watches. There's no way
0: they couldn't This couldn't be. <laughs> this this lawsuit would be too great.
1: <laughs> that's right. Uh released through Hodenki, uh, which each feature a Pokemon as its inspiration. Uh, You know you're old when this thing from your childhood is now being made into not terribly accessibly priced watches, right? These are for grownups. These are not for kids. Notwithstanding the fact that they're each, even though we all had a Pokemon watch when we were kids. (laughs) this is not your child's Pokemon so I thought this was cool for a couple of reasons one it's Boulder I, I I think Boulder does a terrific job um but but two these are not uh, they're not all the same. It would have been really terrifically easy for Boulder to make four of the same watch mm-hmm. with different colors and to name them after different Pokemon. But that is not what Boulder's done here. Instead, what they've done is released four watches with three different movements. And, and they're and four different watches. That's right. So they've got a... We'll just walk through the characters because that's important, or the Pokemon. They've got a Pikachu, a Charizard, a Blastoise. I think I'm saying that right. And a Venusaur. So the Venusaur is using a VK-64 quartz. It's a chronograph mm-hmm. with a sterile bezel. Fantastic. The Pikachu and the Charizard are both using an NH35 and then a Blastoise, which is using an NH37 and including a 24-hour subdial at the 10 o'clock location on the dial in the dial, mid-dial at 12 o'clock it, with a dive w- with a dive bezel, or a 12-hour bezel, I should say, um, but a rotating 12-hour bezel. Charizard also has a 12-hour bezel. Blastoise has this fantastic black bezel. These are terrific. No,
0: that's Pikachu that has the black bezel with oh, a oh, lightning bolt yes.
1: balance on the second hand. E- ex- excuse me. What? <laughs> Pikachu, yes. Blastoise with the blue dial yes these are terrific these are yes these are terrific they're not pokemon watches until you really study it and the character is on the dial so we've talked about recently we've talked about um autodromo a handful of times and said you know he's bradley does a really good job not making the watches over the top and, and you, you know, they're evocative without being silly. These are, I think, an appropriate amount of silly. There's got an etched see-through case back with your character, an actual, like, Pokemon logo and a character on the back. Um, and then also a silhouette of the character at 6 o'clock. These are dope. Fantastic balances on each of these. Each with a,
0: a Pokemon branded rotor. Yeah. These are dope. They're terrific. And and they're 450 bucks.
1: Yeah. They're they're totally affordable. I don't see anywhere if they're gonna be limited or not. I haven't seen that either. You have to imagine that they are though. I think they're gonna be limited only by demand.
0: Although I could really get down with that Pikachu. Just like a, like almost Nixon esque blank dial. There are only markers at your cardinal directions, red arrow, hour hand, red minute hand, and then like a 75% yellow secondhand with a little lightning
1: bolt. I can get down with that and a bracelet. This is dope. Okay. Okay. This is important. These watches will only be available in Singapore, Hong Kong, and Thailand. Oh, not. I ide- Blake says not, I, or excuse me. This is Zach. Not ideal. If you live somewhere else, um, there's a waiting list. That you can sign up on these are set to go on sale on boulder's website the morning of this release so i assume by the time you're hearing this you will be seeing gray market listings for these um but there's At a
0: thousand bucks that's such bullshit fuck that don't buy them secondhand.
1: but there's also but there's also going to be a waiting list that you can sign up for so if you go to the link in our show notes there is a waiting list for you to be able to get these if they're made available in the United States. And and I assume this has to do with, with licensing. Probably. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Andrew, so what do you Disney got? Disney
1: owns Pokemon in the U <laughs> S <sighs> you ready for it? I'm ready.
0: This is something that I have been... Nintendo, by the way. I'm sure Disney owns that shit in the US. (laughs) I know Nintendo owns Pokemon, but my assumption is that Disney owns it because Disney owns everything.
1: Disney owns Fox. I think it's owned by Nintendo and GameStop.
0: (laughs) Which means that Reddit owns it. Um, uh, This is something that we have been begging for. For some time. I'm going to read you. Title. Marathon release. A stainless steel. Version. Of their. Navigator. And I love. The resin navigator. But I have. Always wanted the option in steel. It's here we have a steel navigator. It is every bit as thin, it is every bit as curvy, but now it's in steel and I love it. If it wasn't $830, I would also be buying it right now on the air because this is gonna require a conversation. This is dope. It's the Marathon Navigator that we all know and love. It's one of my favorite watches. Everything that Marathon does, I love. And now it's in steel. And now I'm on board. I have enough resin watches. (laughs) I have enough steel watches if we're being fair, but I want watches in steel. This is it. This is
1: dope. Yeah, it's pretty incredible.
0: It's 316L,
1: right? You just don't get better than that because that's what everyone uses. So these are, I think these are pretty interesting. So the, I don't know what a stand strap is. That's what they're selling these on. But this yeah, is, I'm not sure. This is a, you know, Marathon mil-spec watch. Hundred meters of water resistance, which is a bump. It's got a screw down crown, uh, twelve hour bezel, and and I believe I believe they've reduced the th- yes by two millimeters. Thirteen re- to eleven.
0: They've reduced this down to eleven millimeters. And I'm wondering why they can't do that in their resin molds. I don't I'm know. I'm wondering I think, if they resin are residual from the 90s. I think water
1: resistance. It's got to be water resistance. Um, this is pretty terrific. Yeah, I, I mean, and and I don't think that price is unreasonable. No, um, for for what you're getting here in terms of a watch, it, it's it's not a an impulse buy. Uh, like it's you, not a flyer, not by a long shot. For many of the folks who I think. For many of the folks who I think are used to this watch, four hundred and twenty bucks, or who are familiar with this watch, four hundred and twenty bucks—maybe not a flyer purchase, but certainly in the range. This is uh, this is a little bit more than that, but man, it's terrific! Eleven millimeters thick, forty-eight millimeters long, forty-one millimeters with that asymmetric side. This is a terrific watch,
0: and we love this watch.
1: We love this watch. We've talked about this watch on this show pro well, we've talked about the navigator on the show probably about 30 times. Um, I love the upgrades. I love that it's steel. Uh you, you know, obviously Bill Yao is doing a similar thing to this. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and I think I think an MK2 or a um oh, what's his other brand? Uh I, I, I think that this is different than those perhaps a little less uh refined perhaps a little bit more utilitarian um, it
0: absolutely is because it's a mill spec it's like buying CWC or yes. any variety of the G10s or any w10 it it is inherently because it is Mill spec it is lower quality
1: and higher cool. You are getting quartz on this, right? It's not a, this is not a mechanical movement. This is a high torque quartz movement. Which is,
0: that's what the idea is. Yes. These are issued to people. These are disposable items. In, in in the military, they're called durable. They're accounted for, but expected to be lost yeah. or destroyed. They're not expendable. And expendable is like a pen through its use, is expected to be destroyed. This is an item that is expected to eventually fail, break, or require replacement. This is a durable item. I think it's pretty fun. I I super dig this. I I might get one of these.
1: Defstan is a UK Ministry of Defense, MOD, material standard, term
0: And for thirty dollars less, you can get on their ballistic
1: strap. <laughs> and everybody's just going to put it on whatever on a, nato they like best, anyway. Yeah, so on, a, on an alpha shark. So <laughs> well, Andrew I, or I a Mankey f- I feel. Oh, Ooh. I feel. A, you l- could do them You could do this. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I feel a little bit like you stole my watch. That I was super excited about this. I
0: I had this this was my second pick behind um
1: the the Monta release. The so I'm going to talk about a different watch. Do it. Volcane. Volcane most famous at least recently for its cricket watches, the president cricket watches um Volcane released earlier this year a skin diver nautique collection which is sort of, uh, you know, Volcane, one of these brands that was, that was gone for many years. Um, and this is, you know, kind of the next uh, phase in the revamping of Volcane. This is a sort of vintage E dive watch they're calling this this a skin diver it's not an hk skin diver which in my mind always feels like a little bit of a mismatch um and and i think this is terrific i think that this is a really really elegant lovely watch so it's a, a 38 millimeter skin diver watch with really classic styling fun fantastic looking case finishing um Gosh, this watch looks like it was released 50 years ago. Yes. Um, but with
0: all the technology of now. 200 meters of water resistance, an ETA 2824, 25 joules, mm-hmm. 316L steel. It, here's a complaint that I think you'll have 38 hour power reserve. Yeah, whatever. Womp, womp. Yeah, that's fine. This is a really lovely watch and it 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 is the thing right now the cool thing right now not the hype thing is this 60s skin diver super thin super clean lines not a ton of beveling Mm -hmm. not an h case but an h case Skin diver,
1: yeah, and this is a two hundred meter watch too. So I I tend to think of skin divers as usually being a little bit thinner. This is coming in at a super respectable twelve millimeters. Um, I think of one hundred
0: and ten meters of water resistance when I think of a skin diver. If I'm <laughs> if I'm being honest,
1: I I mean there's nothing there's no reason that you couldn't just call this a a dive watch if you wanted to.
0: The salmon dial is an interesting choice. Yeah, as it, a soul dialer dial color.
1: So soul diver dial color. Um, which is which is salmon? Yeah. Uh. Oh no. That I I think that there's a black dial. There, in there is, two. but this yeah. releases the salmon. This releases the salmon dial as well. So, uh, it it, it it's a pretty terrific watch. Oh yeah. The, they released these in January in blue and black, and this is the salmon version. So
0: and the dome sapphire. But I think salmon's a weird color for
1: my, I, this I, style. Of I watch. like it. And 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 the versions released in January both had pretty yellow loom and this has got a crispy crispy white loom on it which yes. i think is what i like about this so dome dial or a, a a curved dial underneath a domed sapphire crystal it is sapphire it's not acrylic uh which take it know, or leave it take it or leave it it's you know some will love that uh I think the case on this is terrific. It's the same case as the January versions, but it is a really lovely case. So,
0: 1,500 francs. So what's that, 1,800 bucks?
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Yep, ish. Uh, under 2,000 bucks.
0: Yes, yeah, under 2,000. Volcane's doing some cool stuff.
1: Well, they're they're just getting started. I, I think it'll be interesting. Vulcane feels to me like they've got the opportunity to be... A bit of a step up from brands like perhaps um, Zodiac or Nevada. Uh, I I think Vulcane's got the cachet to be just a a bit of a step up from those two brands. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle their releases handle how they handle their As it
0: stands, they are not. But I think they're positioning themselves to to maybe be there in the middle of this i i'm just looking in the middle of this article i have a ryan reynolds staring at me wearing a tag heuer carrera ad gotta love that which is not another thing it's just it's a it's an observation (laughs) (laughs) gotta love it
1: gotta love it well andrew i'm a lot of watch things i'm i'm not but i
0: understand that we are out of time So,
1: So move it along, we should, Andrew. Other things, what you got? My wife turned
0: me on to a TV show, and she did it in a really weird way. We were like, we were not driving a significant distance, but we were driving just long enough that like weird conversation topics came up. Sure, I know that. She's like, "Have you watched this show? It's about this guy." It's like, maybe <laughs> that's possible. I I require a lot more details to confirm or deny. She's like, it's this guy who says like, you know, at the end of the world, people just showed up and taught everyone the same thing at the same time. And I was like, okay. And she goes, Joe Rogan likes him. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What on earth are you talking about?" <laughs> Cuz <'Cause, laughs> what? So a couple days later, we we're trying to decide to watch on Netflix and the tile comes up and she goes, "This this is the show. This is the show." And it's called Ancient Apocalypse. And I'm familiar with the show. I'm familiar with Graham Hancock. I'm familiar with Joe Rogan. <laughs> um, and So I watched it. Cause interesting, I like conspiracy theory things, not because I buy into them, but because I'm fascinated, sure, by the idea of them. Right? Like I love listening to flat earthers talk. I could listen to Wayne all day. I could, like, I would sit on your front porch with Wayne. With a case of beer.
1: My father in law is a flat earther. He just he published a book <laughs> at Costco. <laughs> uh
0: I love it. It's so fascinating to me. So this show, Ancient Apocalypse. It's hosted by a fella named Graham Hancock. Graham, for non British people. He's kind of infamous in the archaeological community for being somebody who Joe Rogan likes. And for those of you who like Joe Rogan, I don't dislike Joe Rogan, but Joe Rogan is a guy who grabs onto these ideas because it's cool and it's a little bit edgy and trusts the people who self-proclaim as experts, which is fine. Graham Hancock is not exactly an expert, but he raises some really interesting ideas, as do flat earthers, as do most conspiracy theory people. The problem with conspiracy theory people is that they find an outcome and then they search for reasons to support their outcome. So Graham Hancock's Position is that during the last ice age, there was actually an exceptionally advanced civilization that existed that was virtually, not virtually, that was destroyed by a cataclysmic event that prompted. The end of the last ice age. And the survivors of this civilization traversed the earth to share with hunter gatherers technology. In that they left, they survived the flood. And they went to places like Central America and East Asia and South America and North America and said, hey, this is how you farm. This is how you build temples. This is how you do this, that and the other thing. And, and uses these ancient kind of inexplicable monuments as his support and defense for his opinion. And if you watch it without a grain of salt of understanding that he is by and large discredited by archaeologists at large and is searching for evidence not to understand, but in support of his opinion, you could get on board with his idea because he's compelling. He's really charismatic. There's a lot of unexplained things in history there's a lot of things there's like well how did they do that and the fact of the matter is we don't know and people want answers and it's okay to not know because these things happened thousands of years ago he he asserts that well we don't know because we don't want to accept that it's actually because it supports my opinion but his storytelling is really lovely The places he goes are just mesmerizing. He spends time in all over the world looking at these ancient monuments and exploring these ancient monuments and proposing these really interesting ideas that aren't 100% wrong. But I think the... uh, conclusions he draws from them are probably incorrect. Yeah, it's, it's a f- really beautiful show if well, you can if you can also take into mind that you're listening to a conspiracy theorist.
1: Yeah, so I I'm I, I'm I'm familiar with Graham Hancock. Uh so so you know, he's one of these folks that are I, I think that the area of study that he's in is most accurately described as pseudo-archaeology, which yeah, is he's to like say... like a cryptozoologist. You know, he relies on these discredited studies to, you know, confirm his bias, right? Yes. Uh, I think the problem with Graham Hancock in particular and, and, and other folks uh, of that same ilk is that oftentimes, and certainly this is the case, at least my opinion is the case, that Graham Hancock... Has some sort of uh, racial bias to There's something to the too. work he does, yes. and, and I find that incredibly offensive. And, and so, not not to call I am not calling you out, Andrew, because I, I I I don't think you said anything that's inappropriate. But I think you you know, for instance, Graham Hancock has <clears throat> he's got these theories that are just bullshit, right? Almost certainly, I, I can't say they're bullshit because I wasn't there, right? But uh, th- these things are likely bullshit, but but then he does things like he he basically suggests that the Mayans are an unremarkable uh, unremarkable historical society and, and and just other things where you can tell that there is this there's something underlying the theories that is caustic and and awful. And so that's the problem I have with. When you look at it, it's not just interesting or, or this, there's something problematic there. So, which is not in, to in say the, nothing the, of the show because I haven't yes, seen it in the, but. in the
0: much deeper layer and in the deeper into Graham Hancock's uh dogma. Yeah. Yes, right. There's some bigger issues. The show itself yeah. is fascinating, it highlights these really interesting historical sites, monuments, even that are. Largely unexplored. Largely unstudied. For example, there's one in. uh, Oh, shoot. I don't remember exactly. It was in Indonesia, I think. It's this beautiful terraced ruin. With cut stone. A timber. Cut stone. That had a five or six subterranean chambers ranging from like 30 to 70 meters underground that had never been excavated, never been explored, but through GPR, like through ground penetrating radar, are known to exist. Period. They are there, but have never been explored. And that's kind of his thing is what don't we know. And and he has he he's his own spaghetti mess of problems but he raises and raised in this show some really interesting archaeological problems that probably aren't but interesting archaeological things that need addressed if for no other reason than to tell him to be quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fair. yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but but also do it. Yeah. Archaeology is this beautiful study of things that have happened and trying to put pieces together in this puzzle. And something that I appreciate about conspiracy theorist archaeologists like him is that they're constantly pushing for. We aren't looking at this. We aren't looking at this. We aren't looking at this. They're looking for the wrong reasons, right? They're looking for confirmation bias. And that's like I'm not I'm not trying to, to lift this fella up. But I am trying to say that I wish that there was more money in this field to be able to explore things that we know are there that we just haven't gotten to.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well and, and, and it's fun to, to learn about the, the these things that that you, you've never even heard of. Yeah. I'd heard of a
0: lot of this and I was like, no, this is just is is objectively false and has been disproven more times than not. Which is why I like listening to flat earthers. I'm like, really you think that? <laughs> yeah. Really? What? Unbelievable. And it always it you know and <laughs> literally unbelievable. <laughs> and flat Earth Always devolves into 9-11. Oh, wow. It always goes there. Yeah. It just just is a rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. And I love listening to conspiracy theorists.
1: Andrew, I've got another thing. I'm ready for you to do. And it is not a conspiracy. Are you sure? 100%. There is a Brazilian musician and actor by the name of Seu Jorge. Are you familiar?
0: I am familiar, but as I'm trying to type it, I
1: can't spell it. Yeah. So uh, S-E-U-J-O-R-G-E, Seu uh, Jorge. He is a Brazilian Brazilian <sighs> uh, Samba musician and is sort of credited for revitalizing Samba music. Um he he's a fantastic musician but he's also an actor he was in the very very good and perhaps even underrated movie City of God as <sighs> as well as in life Aquatic uh which is just a fantastic movie and uh it's a watch movie and it's a watch movie that's right uh seo George is a very good musician but he is all over the place in the way he approaches music. I he released an album in conjunction with the movie Life Aquatic called Life Aquatic The Studio Sessions and the album is a acoustic guitar and just it's just an acoustic guitar And Seu Jorge's voice doing a full album of David Bowie covers in Portuguese. Which is hard. So listen, there are maybe three albums that have ever been made that in any circumstance I can put on, I can a trust. That I am going to love that album all the way through, start to finish. And B, trust that the person I'm with, no matter who it is, it could be my mom, it could be my wife, it could be my friend who's my age and is kind of wild and crazy. It does not matter. Everybody who I've ever enjoyed this album with is like, holy shit. That is fantastic. So I went to Denver recently, and we had had kind of a long, or I went to Colorado, and we had had a sort of a long basketball day at the NCAA March Madness Tournament. And went from that to a drive to Winter Park, which is not a super long drive. I think it's about an hour and change, hour and a half. There's still a drive when you're tired and a little hungover. And we're in, and we're in fucking colorado in the mountains and that drive is treacherous it is there are about 35 hairpin turns over the course of about 30 miles maybe less than that and it's just a tough drive and i'd asked my 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 friend and and partner business partner uh what do you want to listen to and he's like i don't know i don't want to choose just put something on that's easy to listen to and low key and i put this album on and he had never heard it you didn't turn on brass monkey i didn't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he had never heard this album, and, and he didn't say anything. We weren't really talking. It was late. We were, we we're exhausted, and it's dark. You couldn't see anything. It was a stressful drive, and we got to Winter Park, and he was like, A, I don't know what that was, but it was amazing. I need you to send that to me. And B, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, what's well, this Brazilian fellow? You, you know, it's it's in Portuguese, right? The, the whole entire album is... And Portuguese is not the most elegant language. No, but it
0: sounds familiar, right? It's so f- familiar to Spanish, to English, but it's also totally foreign to those of us who speak both of those languages.
1: So I think that there are going to be two types of people that hear this other thing this week. There are going to be, one, the type of people who have heard this album and know it and fucking love it. And two... The type who has not heard it, has no clue who Seu Jorge is, and is completely on the fence about whether I'm giving you good advice. Here's what He's I'm going to say. good advice. Stop what you're doing. Turn us off. You can turn us off right now. We're not going to say anything important after this. Turn us off. Pull up this album, Seu Jorge, Life Aquatic Studio Sessions, and just play it. It is, I think... One of the most perfect albums ever made. It is, it, it's incredibly simple. He, here's what he does. He. It's just this man's voice and an acoustic guitar. And he, without replicating anything Bowie does, because he does not sound like Bowie, the music doesn't sound like Bowie, he, get, we, we're going to be careful here. We're I know, gonna we get only a, get about 10 seconds. Uh, He captures captures the spirit of these songs. These songs are familiar, even though they're nothing like the originals. It is wonderful. Look it up. Listen to it. You can send your thank yous by way of Patreon contributions.
0: You don't have to, but we would super appreciate it. But you should. Yeah, you should.
1: Hey, you guys thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20 of the watch clicker podcast do us a favor check us out on the website watchclicker.com. that's our website we're we, we belong to them and they belong to us we are they Watchclicker.com. you can also check us out on the socials at instagram at 40 and 20 underscore watch clicker or at underscore watch clicker that's where we post pictures and updates and the things we're doing on the website you can also, if you'd like, support us at Patreon. Patreon is where we get all the money to do everything we do on the website. None of us none of us, are taking home any money, you guys. But we do need money to keep this thing going. Hosting is expensive. Software is expensive. Hardware is expensive. And we like fun hardware. So we do. Patreon.com slash 40 and 20. is how That's how you support us. If you want to support us because you like us, do it there. And you can also check us out next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.